Hey, how's it going? I'm Billy. And I'm Jen. And you're listening to Coffee Talk with Billy and Jen. Cheers, babe. Uh, cheers to you. Hope you're doing well out there. Hope you're enjoying these summer days. We are in Seattle, and there is no place like um, Seattle in the summer. That's a fact. The best kept secret is Seattle summers. We get we get two and a half months of it, but Truth. it's glorious. It's glorious. It's We're, my favorite time of the year. Yeah. It was 82 degrees when I got in the car yesterday after work. 82, but not like a humid 82 to all of our friends in the South who, when you step outside, you literally are soaking wet are you, from the humidity. Are you like me when I get into a warm car? Like, I just want to sit in the heat for a minute, like just let it seep into my bones. I am not like you in that. No. I, I wonder how many people are like that. I could sit in a hot car. When I get into a, a warm car. car like that, I feel like I'm drowning. I could sit in, in a hot heat. car and just like be like, oh my God, this feels like therapy. I mean, and. And mind you, it's cold in the Northwest most of the time and rainy. So when we get 82 degrees, yeah. I'm just like, the more the merrier. The dog's barking. Capone. Man, I just, this dog, I swear, I will grill you up and turn you into a BLT. You know what? He's huh. the cutest dog we've ever had. And he'd be more cute on a sandwich right now. <laughs> cutest I'm dog. I'm being honest. I absolutely Bark love Capone. Bark one more time, dog. Hey, you know what? You could follow <laughs> Capone's Instagram. And it's quite cute, just you know, FYI, if you like if you like dogs. <clears throat> this week is a good week for us. Um, our son Caleb is graduating um, college. Actually, he's not graduating. <laughs> he's we have a graduation ceremony tonight, he's but not, he's yeah, he's in one year. So. It's his well, yeah, it's Church Home College. It's a college with our church, and he did the first year program. So he's they'll be honored tonight. He actually already has his. Which we should degree. probably do a shout out here on this coffee talk with Billy and Jen on the Church Home College. Um, it's a great college. It's not only like you can get your ministry degree, but you can do hands-on training. I mean, yeah. I swear to God, dog, bark one more time. See what happens. <laughs> Test me and see if I don't grill you up. Hey, Caleb, how you doing? Our son Caleb's here. Say hi to the podcast world. <laughs> um, will you kill the dog on your way out? Thanks, man. Speaking about grilling, when you're stressed, you grill oh. so much meat. I came therapy, home, therapy came grilling. Home at five, you were you were in it already. You were sautéing, marinating, yes, steak, butter, chicken. Seasoning, oh yeah, and the best the hey, for all the grillers out there, whether you care or not, the best way to, in my opinion, and Dave Ramsey will back me up. I'm not Dave Ramsey, <laughs> <laughs> the money guy. No, Gordon Ramsey will back me up on this because he's one, one of those Gordon. He's Dave. one who taught me. He came over and taught me on my TV. Um, the best marinade for a steak is simply this: butter. Or butter. olive oil, but better. Olive Butter's oil. actually better. Mm. Pour melted butter on it, salt, pepper, and do enough, more than you think, because it develops a crust. And, and I had, sure I had just a little salt. bit of garlic. But yeah, I tend, I tend to do less. But if you do more, you feel like you're doing too much. And then you cook it, and you sear it super hot. So get the grill. Oh, man, now I'm giving grill lessons. Get the grill to about 700, 600, 700 degrees. Open it up, throw the steaks on, leave them for like a minute on one side, flip them. Now they're searing. They're not cooking. Flip them again. Let it sear again for about another minute, two minutes on the other side. And now turn your heat down. Because what you've done is you've locked in the juices because you seared the steak. Yes. Now you turn the temperature down and you cook it to whatever you like. So, man. Uh, yeah, it was like, so much. I'm de-stressing much, right now. So much freaking meat. I couldn't believe that. it. Like steak, chicken, you sauteed mushrooms, you did potatoes. And truth is, is I don't cook anymore which is a sad thing to admit, but I, I don't cook anymore. I don't know why. I'm in a weird season of not cooking, but you, you're the cook. You're the cook now. Well, For all those years I cooked, and it's your turn. You can't do everything unless you're me. I mean, you do the laundry. <laughs> hey, Vic, uh, you cook. no faces, all right? <laughs> 
So what are we getting into here? I don't know. You tell me. What are we talking about? Thanks for joining us. This is uh, Coffee Talk with Billy and Jen, where we have honest conversations. We like to say the whole truth and nothing but the truth. And so uh, what are we talking about today, babe? Um, I think we're talking about porn. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> what are we talking about? Uh, um, just like, just porn. Just throw it right out there. Just let it all hang out. I just want to talk about it, huh? <laughs> um, can you not use that saying <laughs> okay. when we're talking on this subject? Like now I start to think of cliche like, statements that don't we're work. We're cueing the parents. When like the this topic is not is a kid-sensitive topic. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We should probably clarify. We We wanted to have a conversation about lust, porn, how it affects marriages, how it can affect personal lives. Um, I think it's probably one of the things that, especially if you're talking about Christian circles, nobody is talking about. Yeah, nobody. <laughs> and I, I can't blame them. It's an awkward subject. The moment you said it, I felt awkward and I knew we were talking about that. <laughs> um, it's, a, it's a real thing, right? I think it's something that needs to probably be discussed. I think it's probably more real in, in church worlds than people will ever admit. Yeah, they just got really good at hiding that kind of stuff. And it's probably real in marriages and relationships. And um, so, yeah, it's something that I think needs to be talked about. I don't think it needs to be the center focus of conversations. And right. I don't think it needs to be the number one the thing. Right time at the like, right I place, definitely don't want to become sure. um, known for the guy who talks about porn. Like, what are we talking about? But um, you're kind of known for talking about the, the more difficult conversations or topics. Well, I'm down to have honest conversations. Yep. And I think if you're going to have honest conversations... Are. That 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 can't just be like the fluffy stuff, right? You kind yeah. of sometimes have to get into like things that where people are really at. So no doubt, I don't know your personal story if you're listening to this podcast, but we know this, <clears throat> and these stats are probably old. But the porn industry is, in fact, the most lucrative industry. Probably, I mean, it's at the top there. One sort of stat that you said: if you took all the major television stations and combined their income, um still the porn industry makes more money than all of those. You could take, um, there's one point where they said take all the major sports teams and combine their gross income and the porn industry makes more. I mean, it's in wow. the, it's in the double digits of billions. Um, and so somebody's watching, <laughs> you know, like Somebody. uh, people are like, I, it's like people who like say they don't eat a McDonald's. Really? Like everyone's like, I don't eat a McDonald's. I would never like you wouldn't because it just said 33 billion served. So someone's eating there. <laughs> like, are Secretly, we all lying to ourselves? Is eating there. Someone's pulling up the drive through at 11 p.m. at those night and getting those two Big Macs for five well. bucks. Like that's happening. Um, I mean, people, porn is real. And it's, you know, for some people, here's the scary thing I think about pornography lust in general, is for some people it has just become completely acceptable. Like not even something that they feel the need to hide or it's just like, yeah, like, you know, and I think media um, has made it that way. I think our culture has kind of lent that way. Like, you know, there is no wrong. There's absolute truth. Like you're whatever's true for you, whatever's good for you, you know, if you don't feel convicted, then no need to be convicted or whatever, you know? So it's kind of like, it's like a free for all. Mm -hmm. Um, but I do think that pornography lust in general is the kind of thing that can destroy our society. I think it can destroy marriages and relationships. I think it can destroy a person. I'm not mm -hmm. mad. I, I, I realize we actually know people. We actually have friends. 
I, I use the word friends. We know people that are in a circle of friends that we have that are actually in the porn industry. I'm not mad at those people. Um, I'm not trying to make, I'm not trying to vilify them, you know, is that it? Vilify? Yeah. Like make them villains. Um, I think they're just doing what they're doing and, you know, I don't know what their journey's been, but I, I can say from personal experience, and that's where I'll come from, that pornography um, is one of the most destructive things on the planet. Mm-hmm. And my personal story with pornography and, you know, ever since I figured out what it was at probably the age of 10, I don't know, maybe it was younger. I was walking through the suburbs of Chicago in the woods with my brother and we found this magazine. It said Playboy on it. And I'll never forget that was my first. I had never seen anything like that. And it just opened up a whole new world to me. And from 10 to all through my high school years, all through my college years, even our first year in marriage, you know, I kind of thought marriage might help me fix me. Even our first year in marriage, um, pornography was not just a struggle, but it was an addiction. It was a secret addiction, lust, um, everything that comes with that. It was terrible. And I can't, I can't even put words to like the guilt that it brought in my life, the shame that it brought. Man, you talk about having a dirty little secret. And I love God. Mm-hmm. And I was actually following God, pursuing God, um, um, serving in church communities. And I was a good man and I wasn't, but I'll tell you what, man, it, it's one of the most addictive things on the planet. And I got free, thank God. And we can talk about that, but baby, you know, kind of what's your relationship to, to pornography, would you say? Um, yeah, well, I, th- I think for me, you just, you know, we got married, so I got married so young. Um, I had, I had kind of known that even my own family members, different ones had struggled with it off and on just being a young girl, kind of realizing that quite quickly on. But then I think the reality for me was once I got married, um, I think I was naive to the reality of how addicting it was. And that was because in the process of you going through those first couple of years, you started, you started becoming open about your addiction and us working through that. And so I guess, I guess take us back to the journey. I think the question I have for you is take us back to the journey that you had when you kind of got to a place, I guess you got to the end of it a little bit. You got to a point where I can't keep doing this and I don't know how to get free from it. And maybe talk about how that looked for you because you said it started as a 10 year old boy. And was that off and on throughout your middle school, high school years? Did you look at engage with, I mean, back then Instagram would have even been a thing. So yeah, you didn't I mean, have access. In fact, like, I don't want to act like I'm so old, but like internet wasn't really a thing. Yeah. And, and having so a phone. The only way I it, saw pornography was at friends' houses, their dad's bad movie collection, playboy magazines that I would keep. Um, I mean, that was really it. If I sometimes, you know, go over to someone's house and watch HBO, you know, those, that was like, that was the magnitude. We didn't have internet. I mean, I think about it nowadays. It's just like the access to porn is instantaneous. You could be sitting in a coffee shop with crowded people on a phone, which they say cell phones are the number Number one one device where porn is, you know, and you can be watching just, I mean, anything and no one knows, man. I mean, it's just, it's insane to me to think how easy it is for people today, uh, you know, and meets talking primarily to men, to access pornography. And I don't know if we realize, I think we do, I think men realize it, how destructive it is. Um, but um, there's definitely a pleasure to but it. can I just say right, right out the door as we're talking about this, this is not just an, an issue that men struggle with, but women struggle right. with. Right, is that much. real? Because that's the oh. question I have for you. Like, do women, I mean, it's Absolutely. it's clear that men do. Absolutely. We're super visual, like, you know, everyone would, that's not even a surprise, but what? You say it, women do. Yeah, it lures you in because it's, it's the idea of 
I mean, just anything sexual, but then the romance part of it, the sexual part of it, I think once you open that door, female or male, it, it applies to all of us. And, you know, even raising two boys, we've had to have those conversations early on. And even just, you know, even with my daughter, I've had to have a conversation like, hey, like this is something that girlfriends of mine and friends of yours have struggled that I could struggle. You could struggle with if we open our, open our heart and our mind to it. Yeah, so, people have asked me before, like, when do you start talking about pornography or lust or temptation for that kids. kind of stuff with your kids? And I said, the first time, first time they notice it, I'll never forget one of our sons, I'll name nameless, but they were looking at a video game, super innocent, but like it had little characters. And one of the little characters on the video game was busty the girl. And he had zoomed in on it. And I mean, he was very young, but I remember like, cool. Now is the time. To talk about, and here's what I think, man. When it comes to pornography, and again, there's so many opinions out there, and there's so many things. And honestly, I don't know that I'd feel as confident talking about it if I hadn't struggled with it my whole life. I feel like if you haven't gone through it, sure, we can apply biblical principles and stuff, but um, you maybe just don't understand, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, I think for me, it's probably been something that I'm kind of passionate about, and maybe in our circle of friends, or especially in our community of faith, known for amongst men that. Um, I'll have a lot of guys come to me like, yo, can I talk to you? Can I, can I get open with you about this struggle I'm having? I think primarily because they know like, hey, you've, you've been through it. You understand. And I think that's huge. That helps when it comes to this well, conversation. It's not you've, absolutely you've necessary, but it definitely yeah. gives me a little more confidence. But like, hey, I'm going to be pretty totally. opinionated about it because I've been there. I've been to hell and back. And uh, you can get out of hell if you're listening and you're someone who's struggling with pornography. Like there is a way out. But my God, you have to be intentional. I think the tendency, and I'll just say this, is you don't want to downplay pornography and you don't want to overplay it. And what I mean by that is I, the worst thing you can do is be like, it's not a big deal. It is a big deal. Right. <laughs> it's a big deal. Like, it's affecting your marriage. It's affecting your purity. It's affecting your, um, like, your virtue and your momentum. Mm-hmm. I mean, one of the, the absolute symptoms of an addiction to pornography is slothfulness. Like you just like your like motivation just kind of goes out the door and that's a fact. Um, so it is a big deal. And then I think you don't want to overplay it. You make it such a big deal. Like there's no coming back from that. So anyone who struggles with it, like if pornography is like the devil's lair and you are doomed if you've looked or you've engaged, like it's like, Oh my God, then there's no hope. in that. I'll never forget when we were youth pastors Probably about five years into marriage, I was talking on the subject of porn and had, you know, had seen what it did to, you know, my, my young life through all my high school years and college years and had and gotten free of it. And so I was preaching this sermon in a, at a youth ministry and I called it Christian roulette and I was so dramatic and I would definitely have subscribed back in those years. Like if you look at porn, you will burn forever. You know, like if you engage in lust, you're going to die. And I'll never forget. I mean, you talk about overplaying this thing. I mean, I've. <laughs> I actually owe an apology to anyone who was in those rooms those days, but I, I had a real gun, a revolver, and I had called this sermon Christian Roulette. And I was like, sometimes we just flirt with sin, like pornography, lust, masturbation. I'm just like dropping all these like you know words where people are like, what is he talking about? Adultery, <laughs> bestiality. Okay, you know what okay. I'm, yeah, like I'm getting <laughs> wow. so dramatic. And I'm, and I'm like, and, I'm like are- and you never know. It's like when you play Christian roulette, like you, you spin the chamber <laughs> and who knows, maybe that maybe the bullet comes and you pull the trigger. So I actually take this this actual revolver, which was real, and I'm an idiot. And I, I feel like and there was no bullet in it, but I'm I, I'm like for the dramatic effects. I'm talking. I spin the chamber and I click it shut, and I keep putting it to my head. And I'm like click, 
and I spin it, click, spin it, click, and I'm doing this. Little do they know, all these students watching, that I had prearranged for pyrotechnics to go off. And so, yeah, Vic, you can relax. You were there probably. I think you were there. Weren't you, Vic, the sound chick? Yeah, probably. So at some point while I'm doing this, click, click. I'm like, who knows, man? When it's going to drop. People you see working with here, the dramatic of life. this man. And so sure enough, <laughs> these guys are are cued. And I go, I put the gun to my head and I'm like, click, click. And then boom, like pyrotechnics explode. And they were so much louder than I had thought they would be. Capone just oh, jumped. Oh my Lord. The entire place, every kid jumps. Girls start crying. You're like, oh, like people are weeping. Like, what people out of hell. You know, and I. I'm like, yeah, right. So dramatic. Holy cow. Like what just happened? I'm so surprised I did not get fired. I don't even know if they felt, I mean, like that was, talk about overplaying. The fact that you're even admitting that moment is. is The only reason I'm doing this because I was like in my twenties and now I'm in my forties. So it's like so far beyond, like you can't punish me for that now. I was an idiot. You were just a little bit. Man, like that kind of makes it like, that's like the the end end of the world. Like there's no, no turning back. Yeah. It can't be. Um, I think people are sort of like, yeah, it's serious. It's not something to ignore. You don't want to downplay it, but man, please don't make it be the sum total of who you are. Yeah. Like you cannot be defined by, by your, your failures. Mistakes. Now, but if you ignore it, and this is, I think, where we're coming from, like, and I think society is good at ignoring this. If we ignore it. Or hide it continually. It, it's like for a cancer. Year after year. And it will erode at you. I don't think it'll destroy your life. I think anything in excess over time has a capacity to destroy your life, mm-hmm. you know, but... Um, I definitely think it's something that we need to talk about more, especially amongst men. I think there needs to be more accountability, brotherhood, and just men honestly owning it and having honest conversations. And Um, would you say, you know, I guess take us back to the point when you started realizing that this addiction started damaging maybe areas of your life or hurting areas of your life. And how, I guess, how did that play out for you? And then the next question I would have is, what did you do to combat to, you know, I guess, break free from that addiction. Yeah, that's, yeah. I realized it when um, anyone who, anyone can relate with this, you can relate to this, whether it's porn or not. When you have a dirty little secret that you're keeping from people, people you love, everyone, like that, man, talk about blackmail. You blackmail yourself, in fact. Okay, before you say anything else, some people are addicted to pornography, but they don't even see anything wrong with it. I was just talking to our son, and he's like, a lot of my friends look at it all the time. They're like, yeah, it bothers me. I feel kind of weird after, but they they legitimately don't see anything wrong with it. What would you say to that? Yeah, they're just, I mean, I would say they're being willful, willfully ignorant. Like, of course, yeah, there's something that's enticing about it, for sure. I mean, lust is real. Lust is that thing, but there's... It's it's this insatiable, it's never satisfied, you only need more. Um, you can literally waste hours and hours and hours and hours and hours on it. And it's um it's not real. And the fact that like you're taking something from someone who you have no emotional, relational connection with. Like it's just you're stealing. It's like you don't have any connection with them. You're just looking at someone take off their clothes and do things. And there's it's just like from the privacy of your room. And there is, no matter what you want to say, there is a darkness and a heaviness and an emptiness that pervades you mm. when you engage in that. Maybe not initially. Um, I mean, it's definitely enticing. Lust always is, right? It's enticing. But it will suck 
literally the life out of you, suck the life out of you. Um, I remember this story of a, a, a husband and wife that were vacationing in Alaska and they went on these Alaskan mud flats where this, the tide will go out where the ocean is and it leaves it. So they took an ATV out there and they were just, and it's beautiful and it's just like the best place to ride a four wheeler. And sure enough, the, I can't remember if it was a husband or wife. I think it was a wife. She jumped off and she landed in one of these suction pockets. And what it is, is this, it's soft ground because the ocean comes in. And then when the tide's out, it's like and quicksand. Suction pocket, yeah, like quicksand. And it started to suck her in. And the tide's coming back in, this freezing Alaska cold water. And they did everything they could, pull her out. They got rescue boats in there. And then she finally went underwater. And they, they had like helicopters. And they were trying to pump air into the hole. Like they were trying to do everything. They actually tried to put a strap around her and use a helicopter. And they dislocated both of her hips instantly. Like it would have oh. ripped her in half. And Sure enough, she's, I don't know, 30, 40 minutes in this Arctic water, underwater. They have a breathing tube, and she just went delirious, and she pulled the breathing tube out, and they couldn't keep it in, and she drowned. Terrible, horrible story. But it spoke to me instantly, especially when I was dealing with this. Like, the 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 sin sucks. Like, the sucking power. Like, the Bible says that lust will pull you in. It will drag you by your own desires, and it gives birth. This is what the Bible says. It gives birth to death. Like, and no one can deny that. You can, if you don't want to be honest, then go ahead and be like, it doesn't bother me. It does. I know from firsthand, there is a emptiness, a, um, a darkness that just pervades your soul. And the longer you do it, the more you engage in it. And it only leads to more. It never just stops. Like, it's not like, oh, I just, it, lust is insatiable. It's never satisfied. And so it will constantly take you further than you want to go. And make you do things you never thought you would do. Like it just, it will continue and continue and mm. continue. And if you're telling yourself like it's gonna, it won't get, it won't be as bad. No, it'll only get worse. And I think that's what I started to realize years into this. Like, man, it's it's only getting worse. I'm only gonna go for, you know. I mean, we we reference speciality. It's a terrible thing. I hate to even say that word, but how did that happen? It just got worse and worse and worse. You know what I'm saying? Like it's insatiable. Mm-hmm. This thing called sin, lust. And I think it's something we have to talk about. Here's the thing. Um, I read, and you said, so how did how did I get free? I think I read in the Bible, and I think if you're dealing with pornography out there, I don't, there's a lot of self-help things, and there's a lot of things you can do, and I'm for that. And I think before we end today, we should talk about some practical things, and please remind me to do that. Yeah, yeah. But spiritually speaking, because it's a spiritual thing, by the way, um, I just don't think you, you know, I, I personally don't think it's possible without the help of God. I don't think it's possible without the person of Jesus and grace and 100%. the grace not only to forgive us and for our identity to be in him, but the grace to to fight. Um, there's this passage in scripture, I can't remember, but it says flee sexual immorality. It's interesting to me. There's a lot of places in the Bible where it says stand firm, fight the good fight of faith, be strong in the faith, stand your ground. You know, But when it comes to fighting sexual immorality, the Bible's very clear. It says flee, literally run away. I'm a sports fan, right? And they say offense oftentimes will win games, but defense will win championships. I think that applies when it comes to fighting lust and pornography and addiction to sexual things. Um, that's not the time to stand and fight and stand your ground. Because like, I, can I just say this? Sir, you can't win. <laughs> like, it's bigger than you and it's better than you. You're going to lose. That's why the Bible says flee. Like get away. Defense. Don't, don't try and face lust and like i'm gonna i'm gonna willpower myself to beat this thing you're not you're actually going to lose what we need to do is flee it get out of the room um set up boundaries and i think 
And to me, that's not cowardice. That's that's strategy. That's actually divine strategy. It's like, hey, get away. Eliminate the opportunities for lust to take place in your life. And that has become literally the lifelong strategy that I've lived my life by to this day. You've helped me with that. And our sons do the same thing. Um, we've taught them that. And it's it's literally setting up boundaries. I have set up personal boundaries in my life. Um, it's my way of in fact, fleeing sexual immorality. I protect myself by self-imposed restraints, for instance. And we'll get practical on something. Like we don't have, we don't have like open cable in our house. Um, and when we did have open cable, we, we had the cable company block all the channels, right? They blocked them all. Mm-hmm. And before then, and then there's, you can put in a password and you would put in the password and you would have that thing. So no channels like that, no HBO, no primetime. You're like, oh, what if we want to watch movies? Come up with another way to watch a movie. Um, we have blocks on every computer in our home, um, called covenant eyes or triple X church. There's a lot of different things you can put on computers. The kind that we use aren't the filtering ones because we have to do work and we want to be able to do stuff, but it flags it. it it's an accountability you. thing. Yeah. So for instance, if any one of our computers accesses anything questionable, an email directly goes to you or I, and when I was struggling with it back in the day, I set it up to go to my wife and my boss. <laughs> you know, so like my personal computer and it would work run in the background. I could search anything I wanted. If I wanted to hit a porn site, I could. Like but the, even the in my weakest moments, I'm tell. like, oh man, That's a good it's going to go to my wife. It's yeah. going to say, Billy Huffman just accessed this, you know, porn.com. It's going to my wife and to my employer. So not only am I going to have a very hard time explaining that to the woman I love the most in the world, but I might lose my job, right? Like it's just like, so we set up these accountability things to you know because here's the thing on normal days i don't want anything to do with it i just don't on the tough days which happen in life on the hard days we're fighting someone dies tragedy financial crisis stressful oh Mm -hmm. man i mean that's when it becomes like you kind of go i don't care and it is it is in some ways a release and escape And so we've set up these defensive mechanisms in our lives, self-imposed, for those moments. It's really good. And you you were talking about the vulnerable moments that you've had. What do you do now when you find yourself... Because you know, one of the things, if you want to look up porn, guy or girl, you can figure out ways to to find it. You can figure out ways to 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 see it, to look at it. Absolutely. Well, nowadays, it's it's almost it's harder to not see it than it is to see it. So when That's you're feeling fact. weak or tempted or are vulnerable, what are the things? What is your default now? What Easy. do you What do you do? Self imposed boundaries. Like, okay, my phone right now. If you look at my phone. Um, I do not have internet on my phone, which people are like, that's insane. How do you even do your job? Oh, it's easy. Like I use Wi-Fi for my emails and I have like Slack and I have so many things I can use Wi-Fi for, but I've turned off Safari. I turned off Safari and the only way to turn Safari on on my phone is a code under parental restrictions, which you, Jen, my wife, the woman I trust the most in the world, you have that code. And if I need to search the web, I'll be like, hey, baby, you turn it on and then she'll turn it off. You know what I'm saying? So I have eliminated the option to view and browse the internet on my cellular so device. So for a listener So listening. no matter if I'm tempted, you're like, what do you do when you're tempted? Nothing. I don't have any options. Now, people are like, oh, I have like a, um, and I, I, I respect this, but like I have something that filters it. 
Yeah, but if you have Safari, you can just bypass that filter and just go straight to Safari. Like, I mean, but you've even said though, even even through Instagram with with society yeah. now. Like, I'm at the end of the day, I know you know if you had a weak moment and you really wanted to see something or our kids for that matter, you know, if you're you got kids, you're thinking, what do I do for my kids? They're gonna they're they're gonna find. If you want to dabble, you can. Yes, is what you're saying. A hundred percent. And the thought that we can be so protected is like unless you want to go live in a cave or under a yeah, rock. Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. So to say that. I literally take into consideration that verse in the Bible. I think it's in Corinthians. It says flee. So for me, if I'm feeling tempted, um, I will go for a run. I will sometimes take a cold shower. Literally, um, I will get out of a room if I'm alone. And I'm like, you know what? I, I'll just like, ah, I'm going to go for a walk. going to my friend. And here's another one that I think we probably, accountability. Mm. Like, do you have people in your lives? For me, of the same sex, I should I should qualify that. You know, like I'm a man, so I'm not going to go to a woman and tell her like, "Hey, I'm struggling with my sexual thoughts." Like that's creepy, and we need a restraining order. No, I'll go to a trusted friend, and I have a few in my life that I'm like, "Hey, man, yo, can I talk with you? Like, what do you do? You want to get together? Let's hang out." Like, you know, I mean, if you want to be a spiritual, it's like, "Yo, could you pray for me?" You know, like I think all of that is very valid. Accountability. There's this other verse in the Bible. I know we're talking a lot about the Bible on this podcast, but we probably should on this subject. It says in James 5.16, it says, confess that you might be healed. I'll tell you what breaks addiction, especially pornography addiction in life. You got to confess. Tell somebody. Confess to the right person. Don't tell anybody about that. This is private and I don't, I mean, but I remember for me, our first year of marriage, it was the hardest thing I had ever done was to tell you, the woman who trusted me and loved me, that I had been struggling with porn my whole life. Um, and I remember that that was tough and you were amazing. I know it also kind of broke your heart and you felt betrayed and we really, really worked through that, but it's amazing. Once it's out in the open, once it's in the light, yeah, then we can totally. deal with it. Here's the thing. And, and you don't f- downplay it. Don't overplay it, but please do deal with it and confront it and be honest with yourself. You cannot ignore it. And I think the best way is like, you're going to have to tell somebody what's going on. How are you going to get help? Yeah. And I think the thing that you have done, um, and you haven't even maybe mentioned is that you've consistently have, have confronted it head on and you haven't been afraid to admit the weak moments in our marriage over the last 22 years. You've been honest with that. You've also been like, yeah, it's not something that I, I just, I want to do, but sometimes I have the tendencies of wanting to do it. I feel like your honesty in that and you're consistent, you're consistent with putting up those boundaries constantly. And, and I think raising two sons, that's what we've had to do. Um, all of their life. And I thank you for saying that, but I, I think we live by this month. If you can't be honest with yourself, who can, can you be, be honest. honest with? Honestly. And I, it starts there. So I'm talking to the gentleman and apparently I, I would, there's women that would struggle with this too. And that's more normal than you realize. So if you're a woman out there, you're like, I struggle with this. You're not alone. Um, get honest. So really quick before we are, we're ending, what are like maybe the two things and you, I know you just probably repeat, but two things that someone could start doing if they really are finding themselves struggling Guy or girl, what could they do right now to really break the cycle? Yep, thanks. Practically, set up boundaries. Eliminate as many opportunities in your life to access those kind of things. Eliminate it. Um, And then spiritually and emotionally, get accountable. Um, Find someone you can talk to. Find someone you can confess to. Get accountable. Confront it. Deal with it. Stop downplaying it. Um, And I think those are, yeah, if I'm just to be like concise, I would say those two things. I think there's more to it. It's a battle. It's a process. I always, I love this thought just because you lose a battle doesn't mean you lost the war and, you know, and you're dealing with addiction of any type. 
there's going to be setbacks, there's going to be failures, whether it's alcohol or drugs or sex or porn or food, whatever it is, like anything in excess, you're going to have, you're going to have moments of failure. Please don't think that just because you lost a battle, the war is over. I think it's so um, good. And for me, just as on. a wife uh, walking through this, is that I've had to fight to believe the best, even after you've come to me and said, hey, I'm struggling, is not to live in the space of my mind or heart all the days and hours that we're not together. Is he looking at it? Would he? What if he does again? Like fighting those tendencies. And I could just say to all the wives and the women, like you're going to have to fight that tendency and to believe the best in your husband, to believe the best in your boys and to, to project that and not project to suspicion or any of those things. And so, yeah, yeah, it's, it's a journey for sure. And Thank you for being so honest. Yeah, man, this was kind of a heavy one, um, but I hope it's, it's helpful. Really and hey, we're committed to having honest conversations, you know, and so this was about as honest as it gets. Um, and uh, hey, here's to better days ahead of us. Here's to winning the battle and the and the war. <laughs> and uh, hey, here's to great sex Thanks and marriage. For list- yes, great sex and marriage. <laughs> All right. Thanks for joining us today on Coffee Talk with Billy and Jen. Hey, if you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and we would love to hear from you. You can leave a review, rate us or follow us on social media at Billy's Mafia. Here's to more coffee and honest conversations. Cheers. Cheers.